Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. A man came home from work and found his three children outside still in their pajamas, playing in the mud with empty food boxes and wrappers strewn around the garden. The door of his wife's car was open, and was, as was the front door to the house, and no sign of the dog. Walking in the door, he found an even bigger mess. A lamp had been knocked over, the, rug, the throw rug was against one wall, In the front room, the TV was on loudly with a cartoon channel. The family room was strewn with toys and various items of clothing. In the kitchen, dishes filled the sink. Breakfast food was spilled on the counter. The fridge door was wide open. Dog food was spilled on the floor. A broken glass lay under the table. And a small pile of sand was spread by the back door. He quickly headed up the stairs, stepping over toys and more piles of clothes, looking for his wife. He was worried she might be ill, or that something serious had happened. He was met with a small trickle of water as it made its way out of the bathroom door. As he peered inside, he found wet towels, scummy soap, and more toys strewn over the floor. Miles of toilet paper lay in a heap, and toothpaste had been smeared all over the mirror and walls. As he rushed to the bedroom, he found his wife still curled up in the bed in her pajamas, reading a novel. (laughs) She looked up at him, smiled, and asked how his day went. He looked at her bewildered and asked, what happened here today? She again smiled and answered, answered, you know, every day when you come home from work, And you ask me, what in the world did I do all day? (laughs) Yes, was incredulous reply. She answered, well, today, I didn't do it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Happy Mother's Day. And I know that could be painful for some of you. I understand there's a lot of situations in life that could be painful for you. It could be very joyous for you. It could be very taxing for you. So even this day, this Hallmark Day, can be hard on you. And so we don't want to make light of that. And if that is you, um, forgive. The most important thing that you can do is to forgive. Yeah, but you don't. No, and I don't want to know. But I know God loved your mother, and no matter how far she felt short, God loves your mother. And as you as a mother, I'm sure you've fallen short, as we all have, as dads, as moms, as brothers, as sisters. Just forgive to the best of your ability through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you have to love at a distance, then you love at a distance. I get that. I understand that. There's nothing wrong with that. Healthy Distance is sometimes okay. That has to happen that way. But be careful that you don't allow bitterness or resentment or anger to well and to to hold you where the enemy wants to keep you held. Unforgiveness is one of the main tactics 
of the enemy. Read your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 5 through 9. It is one of the main tactics of the enemy, unforgiveness. So even on a day like this, a hard day, or a joyous day, always forgive, guys. Because you never know when it's going to be your last day. Randy, you want to come up, brother? Come on up here, brother. And so we'll put him on, on uh, Matt's mic. He doesn't know I was going to do this, but he's told me something, which if you don't want to be called up, you might not want to tell me things. <laughs> oh, jeez, I just broke it. But Randy and Susan and Sarah and the family, they've been a part of the flock for many, many, many years. And Randy was diagnosed with cancer a few months back. And so he was starting to go through therapy. And he came up and shared with me. So why don't you just share with me, with the flock, what you share with me. And this guy's an emotional guy. so Sorry. Nothing to be sorry about. Well, um, <laughs> eat the mic. Six years ago. I had uh, my prostate removed. All you guys will have to go through this. So they thought they got rid of it. Hello. Well, <laughs> in December, uh, this last year, we, I went and got my PSA done, and it had jumped to 132, or 120, 117. Not TSA, PSA. PSA. Yeah. He, works PSA. For, he works for yeah. the airlines, so i got to make so, sure he, that I understand you know, this. I'm, I'm retired. So. <laughs> um, but then... Uh, at the end of January, I finally got in the doctor, and it had gone to 132. They did a PSMA PET scan, and the cancer was in my back, my hips, everything. And he says, I'm surprised you didn't break your back. Uh, you'll be in surgery if you break your back. So we started the treatment. I said, hey, look, Lord's got someone for me to talk to. I'll be here. If he doesn't, then I'll be gone. Started the treatment. I got two treatments done. By the third treatment, they checked. He said, I can't believe this. Your PSA is down to a less than 1.5 from 152. And uh, this last treatment week, it's down to less than one. He says, basically, your body is completely cancer-free. All your bones have gone to normal density. Uh, he says, I've never seen this. Um, so... Healing hand of God. Healing hand of God. He says you'll be good for at least 10 years you know, after this. <laughs> Love it. Thanks for coming up, brother. Spur the moment. Now, I know that's not always a scenario, you know, but uh, you always want to read the word of God because Psalm 139 says that God knows the number of our days and he's got a plan and a purpose. And so, but when something does like that ha- happen, when something like that happens, we want to give praise to God, for sure. And then I think we got uh, a, a slide. Do you have a slide, Jim? There you go. You probably, if you're new, you don't remember this, but we had a family come up, the grandkids. These are the grandkids of Steve and Lauren. And Steve uh, is involved with a ministry called Mission Cry. And he came up and spoke maybe, uh, maybe about six weeks ago and mentioned that they were going to collect old Bibles unused Bibles that you might have in your house. And if you want to keep bringing them in, keep bringing them in. So we just wanted to, he wanted to show you a picture. Uh, used Bible drive, please pray for the recipients. Over 100 Bibles delivered. So praise God. Amen. Well, if you're a mom and, it, and you're not a birthing woman, let's just get this on the table right now. 
There's only males and females. That's just genetic. That's biblical. That's scientific. So, if you're a mother, we'd like you to stand. If you're a mother, please stand. And we'd like to pray for you. And if you're new or visiting, don't worry. Don't freak out. This is nothing bizarre. We don't believe in being slain in the spirit. We're not going to push you down to the ground. We just want to pray over you. We just want to pray over you because it's hard. Uh, I've been married to a mother. Just let me finish. I've been married to a mother for 41 years. Our oldest son is 41 years today. Uh, I've seen how hard motherhood is. I haven't felt it because I'm not a mother. never will. But I've seen it. So the rest of us now, how about if you stand around these ladies, put your hands on them. Make sure that every lady has someone touching them. Don't be afraid. You know, this is called body ministry. This is called body ministry. We're going to spend eternity together. We love each other on this side of heaven. We're definitely going to love each other on the other side of heaven. Father, we thank you and praise you for these ladies who have stood. And Father, we ask that you fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit. Once a mother, (laughs) always a mother. And so, Father, I just pray that you encourage them as they carried in their womb the little one. Uh, They oftentimes carry a lot of other things as well throughout a child's life into adulthood. And so, Father, I pray you just encourage them and strengthen them, that they'll keep taking their children to the throne of God that they'll keep praying for them no matter what has happened in their lives, that they'll just continually pray for them because you love them. What Maybe whatever's happened has happened, but you love them. We know free will has taken place. You love them. You will not give up on anyone. And so we just thank you for these ladies who have stood and ask your blessing upon them. And may they not just be appreciated on one day, the Hallmark Day, but may we show appreciation on a regular basis to these women who have literally laid down their lives for the little ones. We thank you and praise you for them. May they be encouraged this day in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, ladies. Praise God. Well, we're in the book of Jude this morning, the book of Jude. And so we encourage you to pick pick up the book of Jude. It's right before Revelation. If you're new to the Bible... Uh, the team always does a great job with slides. We want to make sure. Having a hot flash. I keep going through menopause. I don't know what it's all about. I know you, you men just don't understand. I've had one wife for 41, two years, but I have different women over the years. But anyways, <laughs> you married old guys will figure that out sooner or later. <laughs> the older married old couples are going, yeah, yeah, I know what he's talking about. Anyways, Jude, thank God for the word of God. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. To those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men crept in 
unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of God, very important, because we'll touch on this again, who turned the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. That would be hell. Heaven, there is heaven, there is hell. Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them! For they have gone the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam, for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are spots in your love feast. So this is the text we're going to go over this morning, verses 11 through 19. These are spots in your love feast while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds. Late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming up with their own shame. Wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. Father, we thank you and praise you. And Lord, we continue in our worship of you by focusing on your word, your love letter. This word is going to enter into eternity. Nothing else with it will. And so, Father, we thank you that you allow us the privilege. This is outlawed in so many countries, banned in so many countries. And we see your word being attacked in America more than ever before, mocked, ridiculed more than ever before. So, Father, as Bible-believing Christians, we need more of your Holy Spirit than ever before. We need to be bold. We need to speak the truth in love because the next generation is being attacked. And we, as adult Bible-believing Christians, need to stand in the gap, not only spiritually, but physically, 
to be there for the next generation, to encourage them, strengthen them, point them in the ways of the Lord, to mentor, disciple, whatever it might look like, to get them the word of God. Father, I pray for the gift of teaching this morning and that you will continue to be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jude is dealing with three. You can get the CDs of the previous studies. We're going to jump into verse 11. He gave three examples in verses 5 through 7 of those who rebelled against the ways of God. The ways of God are perfect and found throughout his word. But those who crept into the church were serving their flesh. We just read it and not serving out the example of Jesus. And again, this serving of example is not just for the pastorate, although the pastorate should lead by example. It is for all of us. As you read the word of God, we are all called servants of the Most High God. So all of us should be serving, not just moms, all of us, throughout our lives, throughout the day. Then in verse 8, Jude listed three things that these false teachers were doing to themselves. They were defiling their flesh, and defile, Webster's definition, is to corrupt the purity or perfection of. They were defiling themselves. They rejected to set aside. The word reject means to set aside, and they speak evil, which means to vilify or defame. Well, in verse 11... As we pick up our study this morning, Jude gives us three examples from the Old Testament of those who did the same, those who sought after the ways of the flesh. And we don't have time to break down all three, do that on your own. But those who sought after the ways of the flesh instead of following after the ways of God, you see, God reached out to them, yet in the end, God reached out to them. You have a wayward child, we have some wayward children. God is reaching out to them. Do not stop praying. They have an appointment, Psalm 139. They have an appointment with God, just like you and I. And as we pray for healing, sometimes that healing comes, sometimes it doesn't. That's okay. God has a plan and a purpose. Just know that you have an expiration date. Nobody gets out of here alive. Ten out of ten people still die. So you better know your Creator. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you're going to hell. That's what the Bible says. Don't blame me. I speak the truth in love. You've got to know where you're going so that you can turn it. I didn't know I was going there until somebody was bold enough to tell me I was going to hell. Well, I, I really didn't want to go there, so what should I do? And he explained, I repented. I accepted Jesus as my Savior. I was invited the Holy Spirit to come in me. Now I'm sealed until the day of redemption. That was 45 years ago. But do you know Jesus as your Savior? Not just in your head. Oh, yeah, I know Jesus. No, 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 no. Do you have him as your Savior? If you do not have him as your Savior, I'm just warning you, you're going to hell. And you probably don't want to go there. And God doesn't send any, is not sending you there. You have to make a conscious decision of accepting Jesus as your Savior. God sends no one to heaven. So I just explained it to you. You deny it. You don't want nothing to do with it. Don't blame God when you stand before him. Because he's going to say, well, I told you here. I told you here. I told you here. I told you there. I told you here. I've done this date on this. And you're going to go, whoa, you did. I am guilty. And you are righteous. So verse 11, woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, have run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Verses 12 and 13 These are spots 
in your love feast. So remember in Corinth on the first day of the week, which would have been Sunday for the Jew, they gathered to celebrate church. They would partake of communion. They would have a love feast where everyone would bring food together. Everyone who could would bring food together and there'd be a feast. So Jude is referencing this. There are spots in your love feast. While they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves, they are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, laid autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. So again, these, in verse 12, if you're new to the study this morning, it's going back to verse 4. So as you read your Bible, you want to read before and after so that you get the context of what's going on. That's why I read from verse 1 through the verse we're studying this morning so that you get the context of our text. So you always want to do that so that these, they go back to verse 4 to use another example of what these false teachers represent. But before we look at these examples, we see that these false teachers were without fear. We're without fear. Unfortunately, these type of people do not have the fear of God. Well, what is the fear of God? Well, I wrote this down. You can maybe define it better, but I just wrote down the fear of God is a healthy, reverential type of fear. We understand God's grace, mercy, compassion, all of those wonderful, wonderful attributes that the world says, well, if there is such a loving God... Why does, he do, why does he allow this? Or why does he allow that? Or why does this happen? Or why does that happen? Because they haven't read their Bible, they don't understand that, yes, we have a loving God, but we also have free will. So God is not stopping every little thing. Otherwise, we wouldn't have free will. But he is there for anyone who would ask to be saved, even on their deathbed. He delights... The Bible says he takes no delight in the destruction of the wicked. The Bible says he is long-suffering, willing none to perish. And that word perish there is eternal separation from God. Because God knows. Jesus knows. The Holy Spirit knows. We're all going to die. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, he wants a relationship with you. But if you stiff-arm him, that's between you and God. But we also understand God's justice. That's a healthy fear of God. Yes, you are love. All love. But yes, you are also all justice. You cannot have one without the other. It never works. When we see both sides of the coin, then we have a healthy fear of God and will not not seek to fulfill those earthly desires of the flesh that you and I, we all have as Christians. When we take our last breath, our last physical breath, the flesh will be done and we'll have no more temptation, desire to sin, and we will no longer willingly sin. It'll be done. Praise God. We're saints, and we're being sanctified. But as you've heard me say many times, if you're off one degree, you miss Hawaii. When you leave San Diego, Hawaii doesn't exist. You're off 45 miles. You leave San Diego, you go the distance to Hawaii, Hawaii doesn't exist. No, it's there, just off one degree. So even in our Christian faith, if we get off one degree, we're going to miss what God has for us. We have an earthly responsibility, not for our salvation. I always have to say that because young, young Christians can get caught up in this. Salvation's off the table. You're saved, you're saved, you're saved. That's it. There's no working for salvation. But there should be works of salvation. 
people should see a difference in you and they'll see your good works and what does the Bible say? They'll glorify your Father who's in heaven, Jesus says. But for those who don't have that healthy type of fear, they just live for the moment, not understanding the true heart of God. Notice what it says in verse 12 there, serving only themselves. I'm sure you know some people like that. The basic, they basically are, they're basically only concerned about serving or meeting their own fleshly desires in their mind. They have become a god. That might seem uh, strong, but it's not. When you, when you came into this world, you thought life revolved around you. You didn't understand it, but you thought you were a little god. You cried and you got your way. They were there for your beckoning call, moms. Oh, they must be hungry. Oh, they must be wet. Oh, they must need a burp. Oh, this, oh, that. Constant, constant, constant. I mean, that's natural. That's good. But then as kids grow, sometimes they remain the center of the universe, and that's bad. They're not the center of the universe. And then they grow into teenagers and adults, and they still think they're the center of the universe. They're not. They're sinners in need of a Savior. So in verse 12, Jude says that they are spots in your love feast or that time of gathering together, as I've already explained, on the Lord's day. To have intimate fellowship with one another, rich or poor, slave or free, male or female, Jew or Gentile. They would have unity because of what Jesus did for them as believers. It was a special time. But there were these spots. It's kind of a weird word. So sometimes as you're studying your Bible, I'm not a Greek scholar, Hebrew scholar. You can get the books. You can go online and get this information. It's easy to do. Study your Bible. When something hits you, the Holy Spirit's inspiring you to go a little bit deeper. Go a little bit deeper. I would encourage you not to get stuck on a chapter for five months. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Deeper study, that's extracurricular activity. Get the Word of God in your head. Get the Word of God in your head. Do the extracurricular. But this word is used only once in the New Testament, right here. Only once. And when you look up that word spots, its definition is, it's a ledge or a reef of rocks in the sea. Let that sink in and putting it in the text, the context of our text. These. These what? In verse 4. Certain men have creeped in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace, unmerited, unearned favor of God, into lewdness, filth, unbridled lust, the lewdness, and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so important. It's a ledge or a reef of rocks in the sea. So if you were a mariner, that would be your worst nightmare. It's almost like owning a Tesla. It could be your worst nightmare when it's on the highway and it starts burning up. Whoa, get away from that. If you hit a hidden ledge or a reef of rocks, you are most likely doomed. You can read this in the book of Acts towards the end. Paul was on a ship that this happened to. 
The boat would be torn apart by the pounding of the waves as you were stuck in that place. Application for you and I today. These false teachers have a hidden agenda. And they will wreck the lives of others with no remorse. Been in full-time ministry for 25 years. I have seen this happen several times. I'm not going to say all the time because it doesn't happen all the time. But I have seen it personally happen several times. It is very, very sad. Because if the pastor is aware and the flock helps the pastor be aware, it will be dealt with appropriately and those people that are trying to come in will be ousted very quickly. We have to take care of each other. We have to look out for each other. It's not just a one person. Well, that's the pastor's responsibility. No, 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 no. It's all, and this took place really quick. No, I don't got time. Okay, here we go. Never mind. I'll tell some other time. Basically, they say, they might say, you know, I'm to be served, and I'll do whatever it takes to get you to serve my desires. You're hanging out with the innocent believers while planning on how to wreck their lives. Then Judas, uh, Jude uses the image of clouds without water. Now think about that. They didn't have modern irrigation as you and I do, although the, the Israelis, the Jews in Israel, I don't know if you know this or not, but they developed, you know that black poly tube that you have in your yard? Maybe you don't even know what it is, so never mind. But anyways, there's black poly tube underneath the dirt that waters your plants. They developed that. They invented that. It's amazing how God has given them so much wisdom. But they didn't have that back then. There was what the Bible called in the Bible is the early rains and the latter rains. The early rains started the crops and the latter rains brought forth the harvest. Jude also says clouds without water in that day and age were worthless. Worthless. And that's a wonderful description of what Jude says about these men who have crept into the fellowship. They have no meaningful meaningful value, none whatsoever. Zip, zilch, zero, nada. And what good is a fruit tree if there's no fruit? Didn't Jesus say that you'll know a tree by its fruit? But these trees are twice dead. Psalm 130 says this, He shall be like a tree, the believer, the Bible-believing Christian, even though this is probably 3,000 years old, it's applicable to you and I today. Where are you putting down your roots? Is it in your mate? Is it in your children? Is it in your 401k, your career, your hobbies? Where are you putting down your roots? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. It's speaking of that individual who makes the word of God their most important thing. Their most important thing. Raging waves that keep bringing up the trash of the seas. Wandering stars. You see, the stars give light, but more importantly, they can give direction. Again, for the mariner, the stars were vital. But these evil men in their midst can't guide a believer in a godly direction because their deeds are ungodly. Just bring up the trash in their lives and in the lives of others. 14 and 15. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men, also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints. Ten thousands. And in that day and age, that would just been basically innumerable. Because nowadays we go, oh, ten thousands. Oh, okay, we know that means a certain... No, no. It's inferring unlimited. 
is unlimited. Unlimited. To execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which the ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Uh, Do you see the word ungodly there at all? I, I think Enoch's trying to make a point here, but he's prophesying. Well, a little information, Genesis 5, 21 says this, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah, after he got, begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So in all the days of Enoch, there were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So we believe that it was like a rapture. Uh, we don't hear of Enoch dying. That's why I personally believe it's going to be Elijah and Enoch, not Elijah and Moses. Uh, Enoch before the flood. Uh, so Elijah after the flood, you know. We'll find out. Well, we won't find out, but somebody on earth will find out. Hebrews 11 says this, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For, for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. I mean, isn't that a great testimony? One day you're going to die. If the Lord tarries, we're all going to die, young or old. And they'll probably have a memorial service. And at your memorial service, out of everything you've ever done, wouldn't you want it to be said that they pleased God? Not how much money you had in the bank. Not all your other possessions that you're going to give to your kids and they're going to ruin. Not all of that stuff. But just that they pleased God. Amen, let's go. I mean, that's a great testimony. It doesn't get any better than that. But without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, we don't know much about Enoch from the scriptures, but here in Jude, we learn that he was considered a prophet by God. And at some point in his life, Enoch proclaimed what we just read. I believe that this is a prophecy of the second coming of Jesus to this earth, with the church coming back with him to rule and reign for 1,000 years. We'll get into more of that when we get to Revelation. We need to remember that God is a God of love, but he is also a God of justice. Every human that survives the tribulation period, there will be humans that survive the tribulation period, will come before Jesus to be judged whether they will or will not enter into the millennial reign of Christ. John 5, 22, Jesus says, for, my father, for the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. Jesus will separate the sheep from the goats, the believers from the unbeliever. And at one point in all of history, besides Adam and Eve, I mean, just think about this. At one point in all of history, every human on the earth will be saved. Every single person that enters into the millennial reign of Christ that has been found worthy, that has accepted Jesus as their Savior during the tribulation, will go into the tribulation person and there'll be not one unsaved person on the face of the earth. Now, that's not going to last because the tribulation or the millennial crisis, the millennial reign of Christ is a thousand years, if you're new to the Bible, a thousand years. So there'll be people born repopulating the earth and they will have free will, they will be able to rebel. 
Again, God is love and God is just. Revelation 16, 7. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. We'll be saying that in heaven. And since Jesus is coming back to this earth to personally judge the unbeliever, guard your heart. I know I need to guard my heart. And let Jesus take care of those people who think otherwise. We're seeing this a lot. Now that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be fruit inspectors and judge those within the church. The Bible teaches us to do just that. How else can we contend for the faith? We have to judge in order to contend for the faith. Just don't judge others in ways that will cause your soul to develop bitterness, anger, resentment, etc. No, we need to love and pray for those who are fighting against God because we know their eternal destiny. Hebrews 10, 28. Normally you turn to our Bibles a lot, but for time's sake I threw these up. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more punishment... Do you suppose, will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You see, Jesus will take care of what we see happening in our culture today. Guard your soul and leave that judgment to him. Verses 16 through 19, these are grumblers. Again, going back to verse 4. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust. You see, this shouldn't sound like a Bible-believing Christian at all. At all. And they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, very important, as we become fruit inspectors, as you continue to be a fruit inspector in this church who caused divisions not having the Spirit. So he goes back again to verse 4 and he mentions grumblers. This word grumbler means one who discontentedly complains. Not just a complainer, but discontentedly complains. And again, it's used only once right here. You see, remember, the false teachers came within the church and turned the grace of God into lewdness, as I've already mentioned, filthiness, unbridled lust. They are complainers. Notice in verse 16, they're grumblers. They're complainers. Complainer means blaming fate. Blaming fate. And again, it's used only once right here in the whole New Testament. Blaming fate. Hmm. I was born. Is happening in our culture today. You see, there's a lot of that going on these days. And if you're a white male, you're the biggest problem going on right now. That's just that's just reality. I mean, we know it's not biblical, but in our culture, if you're a white male, you 
are the biggest problem right now. But you know, that's your fate. You didn't choose your race. Yet this administration is attempting to divide people with that line of thinking. There's only one race, the human race. And our spiritual enemy hates the human race. Why does he hate the human race? Because every human, as we have 8 billion humans now on the face of the earth, every human is made in the image of God. Not in the image of a tree or a whale, in the image of God. And no matter where that human resides, no matter what they have or don't have, every human born and unborn, in other words, after conception, represents the image of God. Also notice what, they, what else they do. They talk big, but really only cause divisions. Again, bring this up to today. This was written 2,000 years ago almost. Is this happening in our culture today? People talking big, but yet causing divisions? We need to continue to pray for our president because this is exactly what he is doing. He bragged when he was in the basement about how he is going to bring unity to the country. And yet, he continues to do just the opposite, causing divisions instead. You see, it's another sign of the last days, by the way. The Bible is so accurate. It's so precise. Pray, as the Bible says to do. We do on a regular basis. Pray. If he doesn't know Jesus as a Savior, which I don't think he does, God ultimately knows, but fruit inspection, ah. But God ultimately knows. Eternity is eternity. And we don't wish anybody to go to hell for eternity. At least you shouldn't. We want to pray. Notice that the word spirit in your Bible there, at the end of verse 19, it should be capitalized. Hopefully it is. You might want to get a different Bible. It's not. That's the Holy Spirit. Not having the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. And it is the Holy Spirit who removes these ungodly attributes spoken of here in this chapter. I will not do a show of hands, but I'm sure many of us in this room could identify with this ungodliness that is taking place before we knew Jesus as our Savior. All of us were ungodly. I know that for certain. But some of us were more ungodly than others, but it didn't matter. We were all going to hell until we received Jesus as our Savior. Jude is warning the church about what was taking place within their midst in the first century, by the way. Are we seeing this in the midst of the church now? In ways we never thought possible? I didn't even think 10 years ago we'd be seeing what we're seeing now. So how do we mentally survive these last days? Well, here we go. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 13 as we get ready to wrap it up. How do we survive? I mean, hopefully you have a paper Bible. I know many of you, some of you, not many, some of you use um, your device on Sunday morning. I get it for font purposes, and, and I know you have Bibles at home. But for those of us who have good eyesight, I highly recommend that you have a paper Bible, that you bring it with you, that you carry it with you, that you know where it's at, that you know how to use it. It is the sword. Hebrews 13, 4 says, Marriage is honorable among all. And the bed undefiled. In other words, the marriage bed. There's no such thing as having an affair. There's nothing fair about it. 
and that's totally unbiblical. It's called committing adultery. It's not an affair. Somebody says, well, I'm having an affair. Just let them know. No, you're not. You're committing adultery. But fornicators, and fornication is any sex outside of marriage, and adulterers, God will judge. Let your conduct, so now the believer, speaking to you and I, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What's the worst? Think of the worst. Doesn't matter. When you take your last breath, you're going to heaven. They're most likely going to hell. So we want to minister to them. Even with our last breath, we know where we're going. Music team can come on up. You see, no matter what happens to us in these last days, and it's happening more and more to Christians, the Bible-believing Christians, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, and He will never leave us nor forsake us. You see, we've been warned throughout the Scriptures that these days, these last days are going to happen. Jesus made it perfectly clear. It will be as it was in the days of Lot. It will be as it was in the days of Noah. Heed those warnings and be prepared to share the truth with those who cross our paths. You see, we only have the, we have the only answer that will give them the peace that they're looking for. Jesus. Jesus. Just give them Jesus, guys. Don't argue politics. Don't argue agendas. Take them to Jesus. He's the only answer to these world's problems. Father, we thank you and praise you that you have made it so simple. For we have seen for thousands of years how religion makes it very complicated to know you. So Father, we thank you and praise you that you have made it very simple. That as an unbeliever, I just need to acknowledge that I'm a sinner. which means I have a need for a Savior. To acknowledge I need to repent from my sin and accept Jesus as my Savior. And when I do that, your Holy Spirit will come and dwell within me and I will be sealed until the day I die. I'll be your son. I will be your daughter. It's that simple. We're saved by grace through faith. Father, thank you and praise you for the simplicity of the gospel. So, Father, as believers, we pray for anyone in this room this morning that does not know Jesus as their Savior. We stand in the gap right now for their souls. I am sure there's at least one person in this room that does not know Jesus as their Savior this morning. So, Father, we pray for at least that one person. There's probably more, but at least that one that they would just surrender. That they'd stop being so prideful and arrogant as so many of us were. But they'd just surrender and invite you into their lives. Maybe that's you this morning. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. 
And if you would like to invite Jesus into your life to be your Savior, you can say this simple prayer. And if you say, I don't want nothing to do with this, that's fine. That's free will. God still loves you. But you will be called into account for this day. So if you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior in the privacy of your own heart, just repeat this little prayer after me. And if you are sincere, according to the Word of God, I can guarantee you that you become a child of God. Pray this simple prayer. God, I come to you as a sinner. I repent. I turn to you. And I ask for forgiveness. God, I ask your Holy Spirit to come into my life. I thank you that Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose again for all of my sins. And with this simple act of faith, you accept me just the way I am. And you will clean me up as you see fit. God, I thank you that I can now call you Father. My Father. And that I am now your son. I am now your daughter. Thank you, Father. I really don't understand what I just did. But I trust through the Bible, through prayer, through mature Bible-believing Christians that you're going to show me what that means. So I just say thank you for the free gift of salvation. In Jesus' precious name. Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, we know there's a lot of hurting people in the world. There's a lot of hurting people in this country. There's a lot of hurting people in this state. There's a lot of hurting people in our communities. There's probably a lot of hurting people in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods. There's probably even a few hurting people in our families. So, Father, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit that you would use us this week to minister to those who are hurting with grace, love, and mercy, compassion. But your word also says to save some through fear, a healthy fear. There's a heaven, there's a hell. Which way are you going? Use us for your glory, Father. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. We thank you for this time in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.